0: This exploration of noticing these differences between physical and mental processes is really helpful in terms of understanding suffering. That wisdom that was kind of the orientation or the focus of the Buddha's teaching. because often we might attribute suffering externally or to some unpleasant experience or some physical sensation, something we think is happening out there. And when we really start to understand how the body and mind work and what the mental processes are, We can see that the distinction between what is happening and what our relationship to it is. And That relationship being where the suffering is created. And so, for instance, you might have an unpleasant sensation, some bodily experience you know a tightness or an ache or a pressure or a burning or a stabbing this physical elemental level of sensation and then the mind understands that as unpleasant and then we may think automatically that you know well of course I wouldn't like that and you know would want to get rid of it, and you know it's kind of like the the unpleasantness in that relationship to it seems so connected, you know but um it is possible to experience unpleasantness without having aversion to it, just to know, oh, this is an unpleasant sensation, but even that i mean even the aversion to unpleasant. There, there is aversion to unpleasant that happens. But sometimes what... Ha- a, aversion to unpleasant sensation that happens, for sure. But sometimes what happens is there's a physical sensation. And then there's an idea about that. This is a problem. This is going to go on for a long time. And the mind kind of constricts around the idea... Of the sensation and reacts to that. And actually maybe more of the reaction is about that than is about the actual physical sensation. And then not only that, that reaction, that oh this is a problem, that that can create a, you know, an idea in the mind that then affects the body. It has the body get kind of tight. This is a problem. Oh, the body tenses. That can exacerbate the physical sensation. So we have these feedback loops. And so uh, in, the, um, in daily life, it can be really interesting to just kind of check out from time to time, especially if there's some reaction going. This can be very light doesn't have to be like a digging or a kind of like trying to figure something out. But, but when, if there's some kind of a, of a suffering happening. Uh, one way to explore things in this practice is, is drop questions in. You know, it's like not trying to figure out the answer to the question. But um, um, it's like, well, what's actually happening here? That's a question. So there's a reaction going on. What's actually happening? Maybe you're having a conversation with somebody. And uh, there's a reaction to the conversation. So what's actually happening here? There's a conversation. I'm hearing words. And then um, seeing what the person's face looks like or something so those those aspects you know are happening and then and then there's the kind of the the thoughts in the mind about what the person is saying how they're feeling what we, how we think they're feeling what we think their mood is how they, how we think that they in, are interpreting what we're saying and doing all of that in our own mind and so uh, an interesting question could be here is like if there's some kind of a reaction going it's like what what is that in relationship to. So some kind of fear or anger. Well, what is the fear in relationship to? We, we often think it's it's in relationship to something out there. That, they, that that person is making me feel this. If that were the way it worked, if that's what the Buddha discovered, that our emotions are created by somebody else there would be no hope for us to become uh, have, have a kind of a freedom from this reactivity people could, could just do things to us and people do do things to us people do affect us and yet our mind the 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 relationship is where our suffering is. People can do things to us, and we ha- can have vastly different relationships to that. So, in a conversation, for instance, there may be a reaction, and uh, this is kind of checking in. Well, what is, the, what is this, this fear actually about? Well, the fear is about I'm believing. The fear is in, re, in connection to what I believe about what that person thinks of me. Maybe they do think that. Maybe they don't. Maybe they do. But the fear is not actually in relationship to what they actually believe, but what I think they believe. And so it's useful to recognize the so much, I think the vast majority, if not all, <laughs> of our suffering is, is, arises in dependence on our own uh, mental processes, our beliefs, our views, our ideas of what's happening out there some of which are accurate reflections or very close to accurate reflections of what's out there. But we're not actually reacting to what's out there. Because all we can know is our own experience. Which is more like a reflection than the actual thing. And so this is a powerful teaching that the Buddha pointed to that the suffering that's created in our minds is created in dependence on that reflection. And in that reflection, another big piece (laughs) of the teaching is that the... uh, So our our minds do reflect what's out there. I mean, I'm sitting here and seeing people and chairs and... And I think that's a pretty accurate reflection of what's going on here. And yet, because it's a reflection, there's that, that what I'm experiencing of it is a reflection. There's a lot of room in the mind for history, conditioning, views and opinions to enter in and shade, or shape, or color my relationship to that reflection. And then a response to that. So even in it, even in our minds, often our relationship isn't just simply in response to a simple reflection of what's out there. But it's in relationship, not only to that reflection, but our whole history of memories and ideas and beliefs that are connected to that reflection. And so this is the Buddha pointed to as, as a very um, useful understanding to see how our suffering is created. To see where the, the reactivity happens. And a lot of it is is often shaped by our conditioning by that, that the flavor of of the views and ideas and opinions that we have about the reflection of experience we're we're having in this moment and so that's a you know it's a it's a complex thing the buddha is describing Our our minds are incredibly complex and we can begin to see some of how this works in a very like, simple way, you know, just through this very like, simple connection of being present, being here, knowing moment after moment in daily life. Some of these connections can be revealed. My own first clear experience of this happened in daily life in, uh, you know, in the first couple months of my practice even before I had really done I don't even remember at this point I might not have done much sitting practice at all because my first practices were daily life practices just noticing experience in daily life and seeing this unfold at one point Having been observing anger, you know, observing, observing my relationship to anger. Seeing, you know, seeing th- that it was arising based on thoughts. It wasn't arising based on something. other. A thought arose in the mind and the anger arose in response to the thought. It was very clear. Seeing a thought arise. A relationship, a reaction to that thought. And then one time actually seeing this mind like moving in the direction of anger kind of that intention towards anger and the mind basically realizing and recognizing yeah, that way lies suffering. Just let it go. So the witnessing of this connection oh, these thoughts lead to anger. This is what anger feels like. It's this simplicity. No, oh, thought leads to anger. Here's the experience of anger. My understanding of what happened in that moment where the mind let go of anger is that the mind understood so clearly that suffering comes with the anger, that the mind just said, No, we're not gonna do that. That wasn't a decision I made. It was it was having been the system, the mind and body system, having understood the suffering nature of anger, when the mind saw itself headed in that direction, it said, not going to do that. So this is partly how it works. You know, this is, this is a way that our practice can unfold. We see how our mind contributes. We see the, the experience of the suffering in, in our moment-to-moment experience and so this can be really simple just just noticing this okay so you know whatever's arising right now whatever it is if it's if it's um if it's some reactivity oh that's what's arising so let's feel into that how does that affect the body what kind of thoughts does that create it's just really being with what's here and this kind of conditioned nature of experience how you know this arising leads to this arising. That begins to be revealed as there's a little more continuity, as there's a little more uh, being present moment to moment. Um, So in a situation where you have a kind of a situation happening, maybe at work, where there's people involved and and there's not a time to process it really, you know, in the flow of it. You, you, you can just kind of notice some of the, you know, some of the flitting things, which you you reported, you are noticing some of those things. The aversion, the feeling of not belonging, the feeling of of being excluded. So you're noticing those things. Um, and, you know, that, that's. I'm, I'm happy that you're noticing all of that. You're seeing those. Those are mental. Those are, those are internal, so you're noticing that. Um, but as you say, sometimes, you know, maybe somebody else walks up and, and you're not able to really process it. You kind of have to set it aside and get on with that interaction. Um so just one piece i'll 'll mention as a way to support this this kind of exploration is that um, this is a, a reflective practice it's a it 's a really helpful way to process things from daily life um, at a time or place when you have more space so um Later in the day, maybe in the evening or something, when you have some time to practice, you could sit down and it's, it's like you, you, you'd sit down and do this as a reflective meditation. I'd start with just settling the mind, settling um, settling a little bit, maybe five minutes of just attending to experience. And then uh, when the body and mind feels a little bit subtle, it doesn't have to be terribly settled, but just a little bit settled, um, bring a thought into the mind of that situation, you know that the, an image of that situation in your mind, or however it makes sense for you to bring it into your mind, telling yourself the story of what happened. You know, so and so came in. They didn't talk to me. They talked to that other person. They didn't even say hi to me. Whatever. You know, just just um, just no. Just create it in your mind, um, because that you know that creation in the mind. Um, you know, thoughts are pretty powerful and that creation of that situation in the mind will probably generate some of the feelings that you experience in that situation. And, in, and, and doing it in your mind, then, then I would say, you know, after a minute or so of kind of creating the situation, just let go of, the, of creating the situation and then feel into the experience so let yourself kind of connect with the the thoughts the feeling you know more the feeling side and then perhaps um, you know looking into uh, you know well so here are the here's the experience so here's the feeling there's the the belief of being excluded and then there's the feeling around what does it feel like you know physically what does the, the mind feel like maybe it feels a little contracted when it feels excluded feels like it wants to shrink um, so that you know what are the feelings there, and then potentially a little bit deeper exploration. You know what's being believed right now. Um, that's that's a, an interesting exploration. You know what's being believed right now um, might come to you know well that person doesn't like me or I mean you you, you mentioned some you know the the uh, you know I didn't connect with them very well or whatever you know some various thoughts. Um, beliefs that may be under there, um, so just noticing all of that—you um, know, this is this is this is information. And what I what I have to encourage a lot in this practice because there's often in the in the the um, kind of kind of a fundamental attitude we have in relationship to practicing, especially in daily life, is well I'm doing this so that I don't have to feel these things or, or so that so that these that, that, that these things go away. And there is a way in which we're practicing in order to transform our hearts and minds. And yet the process it does transform our hearts and minds to meet these things and to learn about them. You know, the Buddha pointed to understanding suffering as being My sense is that's the foundation of where the whole, um, the practice naturally unfolds from there. As we open to the experience of suffering, to the experience, whatever you're experiencing there that is experienced as suffering, we begin to understand how it's created we begin to understand which parts of it are, are our own mind's participation, which parts of it are, you know, so it's kind of this, this dis- distinction or discernment of you know what's happening externally, what's happening internally. We begin to, to, to see what's, what part is the body, what part is the mind. So we just learn about it. It takes patience. Um, this practice is, I think, it's the most powerful. Um, um, way that we can transform our minds because it looks so deeply into our experience it doesn 't just look at our own personal kind of conditioning, it looks very deeply into the human experience the human that nature of being human and uh, and yet it 's a slow process this this understanding, and so patience it sounds like you have a lot of opportunity to practice with this. So, you know, on a regular basis, probably at work, opportunity to practice with this. And so if you can... um, So there's... I heard that you said, you know, there's this thought of, I don't want to work here anymore. I want to leave. I shouldn't be, you know... There may be some wisdom in that. You know, it may be that this, there are other reasons. I wouldn't say necessarily this particular thing would be a reason to leave the job. But there could be other reasons or other things going on that may connect here. Um, uh, and, and, and yet, it, if you can be curious or just like, well, okay, every day I go into work is this opportunity to get a new perspective, to have some patience and see this pattern happening again. Maybe I can learn something. And and it's it's like every time it happens there's an opportunity to get another just little piece, another little flash of oh, this is part of what happens. And, and then just um, it may be that you just get like a second of some understanding or some sense of oh, this is part of the pattern. And then you have to go on to an interaction or doing something. And so you don't get much. But then it happens again, and you get another little piece. Saito Utejaniya says that, you know, it's like each, each time we notice a pattern, it's like we get a little slightly different perspective on it. It's like we're just looking at different sides of it. And and over time, it's like the learning around that seems to accumulate. And at some point there may be a deeper dropping into an understanding. But it is it takes a lot of patience. And yet... In my own experience, this kind of patience has borne a lot of fruit. The, um, the attitude, if you, can, if you can have the attitude going in, maybe going into work, it's like, okay, I'm just going to be curious about when this happens. That curiosity will really serve you. Curiosity about it rather than, I want to see this so that it will go away, or, you know, I want to see or this, so that I don't have to feel this anymore. Um... Hang on to that situation, in terms of this morning's teaching in connection to that situation, you know the, the, um, what's happening is that you know you described it. A person comes up two people sitting there. They don't speak to you, they speak to the other person. They never say "Even acknowledge you." And uh, so that's, that's the external of what's happening. And then internally, and, and actually my experience or your experience of that is also internal. I mean, as I kind of said, my experience of sitting in this room is, is an internal experience. Uh, and yet it is a reflection of what's out there. And so, you know, recognizing this distinction. So you are seeing things happening you're maybe hearing, you know, you're hearing things happening. Those are physical, you're seeing and hearing. And then um, there's ideas that are arising in the mind about what is happening. So there's the, the idea this person is, well, so some of, it, some of the ideas of, oh, well, this person is talking to that person, you know, that's, that's an idea. But, um, you know, the exclusion aspect, that's an internal idea. Now, they may be excluding you. You know, that person may have that in their mind. Like, I don't, don't want to talk to that person. So it, it could be that that feeling of exclusion is actually a reflection of, of reality, of what's actually happening. It may not be, but it could be. And what I'd like to point to there is, um, you know, so if it is a reflection of reality... What's the belief connected with that? You say, being excluded. What's the belief that's connected with that? Yeah, basically. So even if they are excluding you, that being excluded can just be kind of like a fact. It's like, oh, okay, being excluded. And... um, We don't have to uh, suffer over that. It can be it can be a little bit of information, like you said. I mean, something about what you said earlier around. Oh, maybe I didn't. Like maybe I was a little bit reticent to connect with people. Um, That can also be just a discernment rather than a self judgment. It can have a self judging flavor of. Oh, I'm you know I'm you know it's my fault. I didn't do X. Um, so that it's my fault piece is extra, but that there could be a little bit of, you know, recognition of, oh, yeah, maybe I didn't do X. And so, you know, that might affect or uh, have you change your behavior a little bit. And so, um, you know, looking at the situation, uh, one thing I want to, the one thing I want to point to is like, sometimes when I talk about this, it's all, you know, everything that we experience is in the mind, and then, you know, it's, it's, it may not be that they're excluding you. They may just be just lost in their own world. They're not even like, you know, we, we just go through the world being so unaware of people and how they are. And, you know, it may just be somebody just in their own world of delusion that they're not actively excluding you. But passively, yes, they are excluding you. Um, so So there's that. Um, you know what's going on. Maybe, maybe it's just that, that they have a lot to do and they can only focus on this one thing right now. And they're trying to keep other things in their mind, and they don't have the bandwidth to to attend to you and be more like friendly or social. So, so there's there's other reasons than active exclusion that that might be happening. Um, and so, you know, it's it's useful to recognize that we don't necessarily know whether that is an active exclusion. But even if it is, even if it is an active exclusion, do we have to suffer in that situation? And, and you know, the proposal is actually, no, we don't have to suffer. We don't have to feel bad about ourselves or be angry at the other person. We can simply recognize this as conditions. And, um, and maybe, Recognizing that, well, maybe there's something I can do here. So, you know, to not to not necessarily just say, well, this situation, I don't need to take action here, or, um, you know, it's this is just what is. So, I just sit back and let it happen. I mean, we we get this information, and then and then we can act. But it doesn't have to be action out of aversion or fear or or self denial or self, you know, flagellation. It can be, oh, maybe that 's what 's going on, um, so you know I would encourage a you know an exploration of the whole pattern and and play you know play a little bit with with different conditions, you know play with you know um, maybe as they come up, you know just like oh hi, so and so you know <laughs> just i don 't know just play with some different conditions and see see what happens but but taking the time to really um, at a, at a separate time, using that reflective practice might support you in being able to navigate navigate that that reflective practice also can be used to um, to drop in so create the, the situation in your mind and drop in some different response on your part and see what happens then. you know so even the idea of bringing bringing a different response from you sometimes that can bring a lot of fear. You know, it's like, oh, what if I were to say, oh, hi? It's like, whoa, that feels scary. So you you could learn some things about your own uh, your own conditioning there too. Yeah, thank you. So how would I see compassion fitting into this this process? Well, in my in my this particular practice of noticing what's happening while it's happening, you know, just. Am I aware What am I aware of? Um, the whole framing, or the whole like um, holding of that, we are encouraging a kind of an allowing um, uh, exploration. you know, it's like, well, this is what's happening, and this can be allowed. This feeling of exclusion can be allowed. This can be felt. This experience of um, fear can be allowed. And so as we begin to approach or connect with that quality of allowing, that quality of allowing in relationship to this practice, it becomes, it, it, it moves in this direction. Sometimes it can be felt more as curiosity, interest, um, sometimes it can have more of this flavor of allowing. And, and the allowing flavor is the flavor of love and compassion. When there is, you know, um, a feeling of maybe a fear or exclusion arising and the mind is allowing that, the flavor of that can be compassion for a being that is experiencing that. And so the whole practice, you could think of the the, the kind of mindfulness we're cultivating is being a compassionate, loving mindfulness. So it's embedded in the practice. It's not that we're in this form, we're not actively saying or bringing, you know, we're not actively creating or saying, how can I be compassionate with myself here? That thought may arise. and It may be that while practicing with this um, a thought of oh you know how may, how can I be compassionate with myself and and right there there may be some compassion that's available but we we're not actively practicing um, compassion in this form and yet you know it's fine <laughs> to, to bring it in so just describing the, the 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 kind of the form of this teaching the the teaching of love and compassion comes in more in the in the relationship to the allowing attitude and when love and compassion arise in our hearts we notice them and so sometimes that that can happen that while we're we are you know experiencing something there is a sense of self compassion because as we are you know when the mind is balanced and relaxed and at ease with what's happening when it meets suffering Compassion is a natural response, a natural result. So, um, and yet, you know, as I've mentioned in in other times, um, if there's something really challenging happening, you know, we've talked about tools to help balance the mind. Um, If self compassion and compassion is a tool to help balance your mind when something really challenging is happening, use it. It's it's uh, it's it's it you know it's a tool to help the mind come back into balance where it can meet what's happening. Um, but it, you're welcome to bring it in, uh, especially if the mind is is moving in a direction of, wow, I can't really meet this; it's just too challenging. Bring in some self compassion. You know, let yourself if that is if that is a form of practice that. Let's you help stabilize your mind. Use it. it means. It can take some time to um, to really understand what it even means to have a receptive practice. Our, our conditioning around practice being something where we sit down and aim and our attention to something and we have something to do you know I think this is a lot of the reason why this is often one of the first practices we're taught because we like to have something to do Uh, and that gives us something to do Um, but it doesn't um, you know it it it, uh, what so what you're seeing there is like that habit essentially of uh, wanting to have something to do you know, so that the seeing of that you described—seeing, oh, you know, oh, I want something to do—and and then you realized you could let that go. You know, it's like, oh, okay, so maybe I can just receive and see what happens. So that allowed you to step in a little bit more to that receptive field. Another exploration that can be interesting. In this case, it sounds like that. You know, the mind uh, kind of. Um, uh, was willing to play with the idea of letting go of what to do in that moment. And so it was like, okay, sure, let's try that. Um, sometimes our mind isn't quite will- so willing, you know, and th- at that point it can be useful to, you know, say, well, what does it feel like to want to do something? Can you receive that? You know, that that, that, that can be another way in, because, you know, so as you pointed to around the... Um, you know, the sleepiness, you know, that, that that was something that just was not something that you were really familiar with being with. There's a lot that happens in our mind that we think, you know, when we think we have to do something, if we can't, if if, we, if, if the mind isn't willing to let go of it, we might think, well, I guess I'm just supposed to do something, rather than realizing, well, that's just something that's arising the mind, wanting to do. Oh, what does that feel like? It feels a little bit off balance. It's unpleasant. The mind is kind of oh, it's searching, you know. So, so you can you can begin to see what's going on there too. Um, but this sounds great. That you know, I, you, you, it sounds like you are getting the flavor of what it means to not be in charge of uh, what you are attending to, and that it is a very. Um, you know, I talked about it as being very light. You know, that, that we can be aware of so much. I mean, our minds are actually designed to be aware. Uh, and, um, you know, when we get out of the way, <laughs> there's a lot it can know. So a, a piece of it is this kind of recognizing, you know, where am I, you know, getting in the way of this very natural process? And that what you pointed to of like, thinking I have something to do is one piece of that. So, yeah, thank you. Can I um. so the question about um, looking at what's the human experience of an emotion um, and that being kind of a pointing to um, you know not being so involved personally or you know just a, just a recognition of this is this is what it feels like for a human being to feel fear or anger or whatever and and not, this is my anger. (laughs) Um, And then a kind of a question about, um, but we're also looking at the conditioned nature of experience and that's very personal. And so how does this connect in a way? So what I would say is that um, that things are conditioned is a human functioning. The, the particularities of conditioning are our, person, our personal kind of navigation of the world, you know, the choices that we've made, what we've experienced in our past. That's, you know, that's our own experience. Um, um, and to something, you know, we could say it's a personal experience. It doesn't have to be, we don't have to own it as me or mine. It is just this being traveled through space and time and experienced these things. And that's what a human being does. It travels through space and time and experiences things and is conditioned by things. And so in a way when we're exploring the conditioned nature of experience, we're also exploring the human experience. And we're, it's, it's connecting it to our personal journey. You know our journey of the choices that have been made in the past, the the conditions that we were in, and we're learning something about, um, you know, in these conditions, this being responds in this way. Um, so there is some learning that we have about our own personal journey, our own personal exploration. But at the same time, you know, it's like it's like that's one layer of the exploration is that the seeing of how this human Functioning of the mind, conditioning, mind and body conditioning itself, being conditioned by external circumstances, receiving training and learning from our from our cultures and and you know absorbing ideas and views. All of this, you know, what are the personal ideas and views that I absorbed? You know, that is affecting how this being moves through this uh, this journey. So there's a kind of a layer of seeing our personal. Um, um, uh, in the personal, the influences that have been happening in the personal level, and there's a lot of wisdom that can develop there um, about choices that we make, about um, ways that we engage, learnings that we can have around, you know, um, uh, how we may be engaging that creates other people's responses to us. For instance, that other story we were talking about earlier. Um, and so there's, there's personal things that we can learn, but the whole of that, um, of that journey and, 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 and being connected to the personal side of it doesn't mean that we are actually, um, 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 doesn't, it doesn't, when we, you know, when we know the personal side of it, it doesn't mean that we have to be being identified with it. So there's a difference there too, you know. So a piece of, of using that instruction around what is the human experience of anger is kind of to help, it it's almost like integrating the, those layers. It's like, well, this human being right now, the conditions are coming together to experience anger and and yet, you know, do I need it to be my anger, or can I just be curious about it as anger kind of impersonally and so it 's you know that itself is bringing those layers um, together, and so you know, there, there can be this layer of understanding our own personal conditioning, and there can be understandings and insights that happen about that, like for instance, in my own in my own journey around exploring self hatred there were some understandings of you know the conditioning of my personal life, that um, you know contributed, and kind of psychological understandings of not only my conditioning but other people's. You know, it's like this is a this is a <laughs> you know this is a journey uh, through generations. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some psychological understanding there, connected to the understanding of conditioning and there was a lot of freedom that happened there i mentioned this the other day that that created the conditions for me to be able to really look at that pattern more fully and then at some point in looking at that pattern with you know much less reactivity so you know i think that when the mind is not so reactive it's much more able to see the human kind of the the human kind of process that was going on and i described this seeing there's a thought arising and a belief happening you know this is this is what our minds do this process of thinking and believing this is a human human process in my case it was attached to the personal story the personal realm but in the moment of seeing that human kind of patterning. It's like, oh, this is just a thought and it's being believed. It's like this isn't about me. And that was a very powerful insight into the the more human understanding, you know, that the, that that a deeper level of seeing conditioning you know, in the moment seeing conditioning as opposed to, you know, the kind of psychological understanding of how this was conditioned based on, you know, past history and relationships and whatnot. You know, but seeing in this moment there's a thought arising and the mind is picking it up and believing it right now. This, this self-hatred is being created right now. It is not like, it's, it, it, it's, it's connected to all that stuff from the past, but it is being created right now. And so that seeing that is more the human level. But it, it was very connected to my personal, <laughs> my personal, you know, journey and experience. And so what I'd say is that as we, you know, observe our experience with the stance of what is the human experience, we will see both the personal and the the more human. And we don't have to, like, put one aside and say, oh, that's the personal, so I shouldn't be looking at that. It's like, well, this is what's arising, what can what can be learned here? Thank you, yeah. thank you. Well, so the body can hold conditioning and kind of have habits of you know tension or tightness and and um, and this is a place you know seeing that you know oh this doesn't this doesn't need to be here. But what, what's interesting sometimes to recognize is that you know the the habit of body when we're not aware of it. You know, we can attribute things to it. It's like the body is habitually tense, walking around, you know, like habitually tense. And then because of that tension in the body, it affects the mind. And the mind becomes tense. And, uh, you know, I remember at one point seeing some, you know, kind of thing flood through the body, a, a kind of a, a feeling of, of um, dread flood through the body. And the mind started going, well, what am I afraid of? And it was, it was really just a, it was, it was a hormone that just released. It was, you know, there were conditions internally in the body that this hormone released. And there was nothing I could, what, but what I saw was the feeling of dread and then the looking for something to a- assign it to. And then realizing, you know, in, in a few moments, later, oh, this is just a hormone, you know, this is just a hormone process. So if I hadn't been aware of that, you know, what, what the mind can do is construct like it could have found something to be dreading it it could have found oh yeah there's that thing that i got to do tomorrow and oh no <laughs> you know it, it it easily can construct things and so you know the recognizing of that tension is just being this isn't necessary you know if you aren't aware of it it might be oh, what am i what am i tense about <laughs> you know it can just be habit too so and and there's a beautiful description of that and it may because it's habit it may come back a lot and so to to just have patience with that. You know, it, it may it may repeat a lot.